Aloha. This is the Maui no Ko'oi Magazine and Silver Shark Media Podcast. I'm Diane Woodburn, publisher at Maui no Ko'oi. My guest today is Karen Christensen from Mama's Fish House. Karen is Director of Marketing and Beverages, and she is the daughter of Floyd and Doris Christensen, who opened Mama's Fish House on Maui's North Shore in Kuau in 1973. Welcome, Karen. Aloha, Diane. So nice to talk to you. I've known you for, gosh, I think since you were a child, <laughs> just a, a long wow. time, very long time. So we can't really talk about Mama's Fish House without talking a little bit about the story history of Mama's because it is a fairy tale story. And you are the, the, the princess, you're the daughter of, uh, oh of the fairy tale parents. So your, your parents, uh, Floyd and Doris, came to Hawaii in the 50s. Uh, just right, I think right after statehood, perhaps, and they just fell in love with the Pacific, with the South Pacific, and they decided they wanted to see more. So mm-hmm. when they went back to their, their home in California, what was it, like Santa Barbara area? They were in Newport, Newport Beach. Newport, think, that's pretty time. close. They decided that they wanted to explore old Polynesia. They wanted to go from the Pacific, Easter Island, New Zealand, and Hawaii, but they, they really wanted to go to that old Polynesia, and they actually bought a 38-foot, two-masted catch called Marinero. Is that, I'm saying that right? Marinero? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In 1960, they, they set sail. Is that right? I think it was 59. 59. Because they'd been on the boat a couple years before I was born in 61. Oh, you were born in 61. I was wondering when, how that all <laughs> So they set sail in 59, and they, they had uh, your, your brother, who was, what, two and a half years old at the time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just, and your mom was, what, 21 years old maybe when she left? Pretty young, young, yeah. early 20s. Yeah, because uh, she was 23 when you were born, and you were born... In 61, right? So, yeah. So she yeah. must have been 20 yeah. or 21. Well, she must have been. She's a child. She was a child. <laughs> child bride, too. She must have been very yeah. young. It took a lot of guts what they did. I mean, I don't know. I look back and think, I don't know. I don't think that I would have done that even without a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did take a lot of guts, but I, I guess they had a wonderful time. So they were on this voyage for uh, four years during which you were born right in the middle of it. Is that right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's how she got her nickname, from my understanding. She was, she was pregnant with you and in the Tahitian Islands, and they started calling her Mama Doris. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so that's how Mama's Fish House was born, with you. you, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, um, they really loved it down there. And then I think life just got too difficult on the boat with two young kids. And mom was kind of like, you know, it's, it's time to get these guys, at least Keith, and into school. And they had heard about, they had friends that had settled on Maui. So they made the decision that that's where they wanted to do that too. And, you know, we, I don't remember any of the days on the boat. Um, my, mem- my first memories are of early Lahaina and um, nursery school behind the Baldwin home. Oh, <laughs> what was that like, early yeah. Lahaina? It was, everybody knew everybody, you know, the whistle would blow and you would start your walk to school and the whistle from the mill, from the sugar mill. Right. Uh-huh. And then, and so you'd start walking to school and then in the afternoon, the whistle would blow again at three and you'd start walking back home to do your chores. And 
it was a very small town. You know, Kamehameha Third was kindergarten through eighth grade. There was no intermediate school till way after I finished high school. Wow. And you yeah. lived on the on the west side your entire childhood? Always. Yeah, yeah, always on the west side. You were uh, probably only, what, 10 or 12 when your mom and dad bought the property where, where Mama's Fish House is now? Yeah, I was about 12, and... Um, we they would go over all the time, but I we I would go over on weekends and um, stay with the family that was managing down right in Lower Kuau. We'd spend weekends swimming in the coves and Tavares Bay and all of that. Well, the big guys slaved away and got the restaurant going. Wow, my understanding is that there was a little restaurant there when they first bought it. Is that right, or is that a, a there was a, there had been kind of an attempt at a club med type resort ooh. and a burger shack. I think it was sort of a local watering hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of a bar, is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember, I mean, early days that Mama sort of, you know, inherited that clientele and slowly was able to move up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, I'd say so. So so then you decided it was a pretty brave decision to actually open a fish house when nobody ate fish, right? Right. I mean, it was all Buzz Steakhouses. I mean, it was all this steakhouse and that steakhouse. And that's what local people ate when they went out, you know, to celebrate anything or to go out to dinner as opposed to cook at home. So they did They did fish that was completely different, but it was really for practical reasons. Maliko was still operating. I mean, that launch for fishermen, you know, way back in the day was operable. So fishermen had would come and deliver and it was no problem. Um, the supply was, was and the access were great. And it was cheaper than buying steak, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, back in the day. Yeah, and, and who knew the health revolution and the discoveries that fish was so good for you was really great. In those days, there were actually not that many full-time fishermen but as you, as Mama's Fish House grew, so did the fishing community. So you actually helped that community grow. As the restaurant grew, so the community grew around you. Yeah, I, I think there were a lot of, I think there were people that just were able to go back to to fishing, you know, that, that, that made, were able to make a living of it. It's a really integral part of Mama's, is our relationship with the fishermen. Um, it's it's the reason that we credit them on the menu, you know, it's what they do and, and the rest that they take is, is everything for us. So, right. so you, without them, we wouldn't be. <laughs> and you've been an integral force in supporting the fishing industry. Um, mm. I mean, when you started, you were just this little, little tiny restaurant, kind of a little shack. Um, then you became a, a little bigger restaurant. In fact, I remember in the 70s going to Mama's Fish House. It's where um, <laughs> it was just the little middle part, I guess, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, where the bar is and, and the one little dining room. And it's where everybody went for any important occasion. It was Mama's Fish House. I think everybody my age or in that that genre proposals were at Mama's Fish House. <laughs> if, if you were going to propose to somebody, you did it there. It was was the most romantic place and the um, best food, and that reputation has stayed with you all these years. It's it's actually incredible. So now, I mean, you. you grew from that little restaurant to 
serving more than a thousand meals a day. Is that that about right? You know, somewhere between eight hundred and a thousand was the top. I mean, certainly if you include employees, we're we're certainly up there. Wow. Um, and you've won, and over the years, Mama's has won um, more Ipono awards than any other restaurant. Um, your Aww. your dad, Floyd, was our first Lifetime Achievement Award winner because he is the icon of, of restaurant tours on Maui. Mama's Fish House is the epitome of fresh fish on Maui, and um, and your support of the local community is legendary as well. So we talked about the fresh fish and how you supported the the fishing industry. We should mention that you became a leading supporter of sustainable fishing early on. And in um, in 2013, uh, when Westpac's fish aggregate devices detached and kind of fell apart uh, from their anchors, that was a devastating impact on our fishermen. And Mama's stepped in and actually created sort of a public-private partnership to um, repair and maintain those fish aggregate devices. There have been a lot of them since 2013. <laughs> right, and they're, they're mostly named what after you, thought. right? <laughs> well, yeah, they were able to get MFH1 and MFH2 mm-hmm. um, out there. So it's been an, an amazing partnership with, with Westpac and um, just being able to have the information and, and provide the reporting tools um, to the fishermen and encourage them to fill out the catch reports and be able to get that all up on our website for a while was really good. Um, we were just trying to make it super easy for them, for the fishermen to support the science. Can you t- explain to the listeners what Westpac is? It's a division of NOAA, of the federal government, that's responsible for maintaining all of the, the ocean waters around um, in U.S. territory, so around the Hawaiian Islands or around Guam or um, in the south. So they have these councils that in the different regions that they operate, and the councils come up with rules on how they're going to collect data and how they're going to use the data and how they're going to apply it. So the data is what tells them how many pounds have been caught, say, and what the limit is for that season. Mm-hmm. So once that certain number of pounds is caught, then then nobody can catch that kind of fish anymore. And it's the kind of science that led to, I don't know if you remember, for a couple of years, there were bans on bottom fishing around Hawaii, the main the main bottom fishing, like Opaka Paka, right, our most right. prized mm-hmm. fish. Um, there was a ban on it, and we were big supporters of it, um, and we wouldn't buy any fish from outside Hawaiian Islands. I mean, that's part of our standard anyway. It's just too far. It's on a boat too long. Um, but there's a lot of restaurants that did continue to serve the the banned fish and and in effect not support, you know, <laughs> the resupply um, of all these of all these great species. But the participation was enough that um, they only had to do it for a couple of years, and the supplies restocked year round. And we haven't had to do that for a while. But I mean, that's the kind of science that that they can get and the impact, the direct impact we can have on, on the fish supply. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's I a, think, I think it's getting harder and harder, certainly with China, but most of that goes on, as I say, outside our limits. Right. So you, I mean, Mama's Fish House has been an incredible supporter and proponent of sustainable fishing and local fishing. All the fish that comes into Mama's, it, it's brought in and, filleted and served basically within 24 hours. It just comes directly mm-hmm. to you 
And, it, and it's really why it's so delicious. There's, you know, very few places that that happens. Um, mm. And your relationship with the fishermen has led you to be able to do that. And the, mm-hmm. um, the aggregates that you've supported have enabled the fishermen to fish. So that, mm. uh, maybe we should explain what aggregates are to, um, to our listeners. Mm, it's kind of like a little mini boat, like a skiff with a very long chain that goes down into the ocean. And then on this little boat is a mast with a GPS beacon. So we can track and see where this is and be able to tell the fishermen. And why the fishermen want to go there is because it becomes a natural breeding ground. So the algae grows in the, on the chain and the small fish come and eat the algae and then the medium fish it <laughs> literally goes up the food chain. And so um, a lot of times the mahi is real plentiful or the ahi, there's certain species certain um, that get attracted to this kind of environment. Um, so it becomes a really efficient way for the fishermen to find fish, catch fish, and get back in and not use as much fuel trying to just go around trying to find where the fish are biting. Right. And that's part of the reason why the fishermen are so loyal to you, too. I can't talk about this subject without, without I keep recalling the conversation I had with our chef Perry last week where we did the meal kits for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so he had... Um, one of our main fishermen go out to catch. And when the fisherman came in and was, you know, everything was being weighed and we were able to give him his check, he was there with his daughter and he said to Chef Perry, this is my first paycheck I've had in six months. Oh my gosh. So that is, that's... It just breaks your heart and it makes us go, okay, we need to keep doing this. We need to do what everyone else is doing. We need to pivot. We need to do these meal kits. We need to do fresh fish sales. We need to keep these fishermen and their families okay. Yeah. <laughs> we feel a really big responsibility to do that. It's, you know, it, it is a trickle-down deal. I mean, it, it's um, oh. it's all of our responsibilities to try to keep our local businesses afloat, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and the fishermen are, are certainly one of those. And, mm-hmm. and... You are, I mean, with those meal kits that you provided, they were fabulous. Um, I should mention that your um, executive chef, Perry Bateman, was our 2009 Ipono Chef of the Year and um, one of the biggest hearted people in the world. Um, We all all love Chef Perry. And they um, might as well get right into it. Those those boxes were, uh, we could order them online, and they had... I'm going to say this from memory because I'm looking at it in my head. I ordered one. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> they had two big, beautiful, fresh-cut mahi fillets, two mm-hmm. servings of, I think it was carrot ginger bisque. Tomato ginger. Oh, tomato mm-hmm. ginger. Excuse me. It's one of the favorite, um, you know, in the little cup that you get before. before right. You, and it was the first time I had more than the little push. cup. <laughs> It's like, oh, I have more than, it's like I have three little cups. This is really good. (laughs) And then there were um, two salads, Mm -hmm, two mm -hmm. little loaves. those were all beautiful Waipoli greens. That that was really thrilling for Chef Perry to to call the the, um, farmer and be able to order those up, you know. All from local farmers. We need something, all of it, yeah. So you were supporting Mm -hmm. local fishermen, local farmers, um, there was bread, two little loaves of bread, um, mm-hmm. 
Kuao pie. Yeah, and the Kuao pie. We really wanted to 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 give um, people some of those. To me, memories involve tastes, and tastes involve memories. So, in my mind, I have um, great memories that I associate with great taste, and I think that people have that same feeling about mamas. Absolutely. And I wanted to just provide some of those little taste that, that you might associate with mamas, like that tomato ginger salad or like that co-op pie or the bread. Um, we haven't mentioned that also, to me, the best part of that entire kit was Perry's poi, his mehua poi. Yeah, the poi. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and condiments. There was Maui olive oil. There was fresh yeah. ginger, fresh yeah. garlic, some lovely balsamic vinegar. So, I mean, it was, yeah. it was just delightful. It was like sort of like being at mama's. Except you have to cook your own fish. <laughs> you have to cook it yourself, yeah. But that's so easy and quick that, you know, you have so many options on that. And in the future, we'll probably try try uh, putting a recipe card or something in there. You know, the first run of anything is really interesting. We, on Monday, decided we wanted to sell these on Thursday. And we really didn't know if the fisherman was going to catch anything or not. Oh. So it was hard to sell any of these and market any of these until the fisherman, you know, told us, yes, he caught. Oh. <laughs> and then you don't know how many because you don't, until you fabricate, you don't really know how many fillets you're going to have. Right, I, know, <laughs> I was watching the website. A, is it going? Is it going? <laughs> I just, yeah. It was a I little bit of a learning experience <laughs> and getting the whole new technology up on the website in time and, and all of that. It was a little challenging, but I'm really glad that we did it. It was just so wonderful to have activity in the cove have a few employees coming back and you know it, julia in there making the bread and it was really nice and i think it was just sort of heartwarming for the community to know that mama's was open even if it was the the boxes it was like yeah mama's mama's is open i mean was it just spread like wildfire excuse me wildfire oh, yeah it is our icon so uh, Mama's Fish House has to, has to keep being there, Karen. You, you, can't, uh, you can't bail on us. Oh. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. So In how fact, today is, a, today is a very big day on that subject. Um, today we opened up our reservations books for <gasps> opening on November 6th. Yay, good for you. <laughs> opening November 6th, taking reservations now. Um, yes. So everybody get on your computers and make your reservations right away. Well, that's a thing because it's 50% capacity. Yeah. So hopefully I feel like, you know, if we continue to be successful as we've been, maybe things like these meal kits or the fresh fish sales, things like that, will be able to meet some the people that can't get the reservations they want. It's not the same, I understand, but it's going to be something to say other than no, which is you know, tough, you know? yeah. Oh, I think that's, I think that, that sounds like kind of a cool compromise. So you're thinking, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you can only open to 50%, but perhaps you can augment that with meal kits. So if I can't get mm-hmm. a reservation, I can get a, um, a meal kit. I can live with that. I'll support that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So how, I mean, just, you know, so people understand the, the back of the house at Mama's, mm-hmm. uh, when you're mm-hmm. serving 800 meals a day, I mean, it's like a small city back there. Besides the fact that you're supporting the fishing industry and and the information that comes from that. I mean, people come in with their fish, you weigh them, you get the daily catch and all of the, the numbers back to Westpac. And so they are able to understand what's going on with the sustainability mm-hmm. of the fish. 
So you're, I mean, you're, you're serving a, a, a lot of purposes there. How many farmers are you supporting? Or how many pounds of produce do you think go through the kitchen? I mean, between the farmers and the fishermen, it's hundreds. Right. Yeah, of a- different ones. There have been a couple of times Perry will call everybody out to the fish, you know, the, the loading dock and go, look, look, look at his new boat. Look, he just bought his new boat. Or look, 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 his, this, is, this is the fourth generation fisherman from this family that we've been buying fish from. Wow. You know, he just he just delights in those landmarks and, and the you know, when when a fisherman that we've been buying fish from is, is so successful that he can go out and buy himself a new boat. It's just, you know, like the talk <laughs> of a town. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is it so is something happy. to brag about to have created such a wonderful business that not only, you know, makes us all happy to be there, but serves the community all local, you know, you're not bringing anything in from the outside. Your produce is local, your fish is local, everything. And that's why it's so delicious. Everything is just, you know, from the Ina. You talked about um, you're opening at 50% capacity. So what does that mean, that your your tables are going to be further apart? Are you going to be able to utilize any of the the beauty of your outside um, you know, out on the on the lawn, perhaps? Not right now. Going into the season, we think, you know, on the North Shore, you get your showers or your little rains, or it's just so hard to predict. So mm-hmm. we think that the weather would be too tough out there. And we're looking at seating basically the first two rows of the restaurant. Um, and it's all spaced out. We've been in there with our measuring tapes many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the windows um, open, a lot of air will move through, obviously. Right, right. I mean, it's always been open air. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how we're looking at it is just everything spaced out. And we're really not sure right now because it, it'll be dinner only from four to eight. Mm-hmm. We'll just have the inside bar open initially. And it'll and hopefully, initially, I mean, down the road, we'll reopen for lunch as well. But initially just dinner. And will the, the menu be more simplified to, to begin with? we've been talking about it. I haven't seen anything, you know, we won't have anything final, I'm sure, until the day of or the day before. <laughs> but um, definitely simplifying um, probably some things not, you know, that take too much labor or too much time may not come back on the menu right away. So 50% capacity, um, I suppose that means you're only going to be able to bring back, you know, 50% of your team to start with. I don't even know if it's that many. I don't even know that it's that much. It's not It's not a direct proportion. You know what I mean? It must have been getting, so hard, getting, you know, when you've had yeah. so many employees. You had a couple hundred employees, I imagine, or more. We have 380. So that must have been heartbreaking to have to actually say, well, okay, we're, we're going to have to shut down. But now you are going to start being able to say we, we're bringing some folks back I mean even if it's 30 or 40 percent it's still a big start um, and I know the community mm-hmm. is going to be welcome you with open arms you know mama's isn't uh, just uh, an institution you are a, a, a true anchor of the community uh, your mom and dad are a, a legendary love story gosh how long have they been married now how many years uh, 63 oh my god it's six. It's more than sixty. Wow, <laughs> isn't that crazy? <laughs> that no. is that is incredible. I want to congratulate you and Chef Perry on um, on your your take home boxes, and I hope that you continue to do those. I would 
certainly support that. And also on your op opening November 6th, and um, encourage people to make their reservations because you only yeah. have 50% capacity to begin with. And, and dinner only. And, dinner. and then, you know, can can I also mention, Diane, that the inn, we're planning on reopening the inn. Oh, great. Um, the 15th of this month. Um, and that's going to be a little different, you know, um, in this day and age. But there's still beautiful places to stay on the North Shore, you know, real unique. There's the four beachfront units that look out on the water. And I always say, you know, you think this view is good at dinner? You ought to see it when you wake up. <laughs> yeah, I have seen it. It is gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, and for folks that don't know, I mean, probably a lot of people don't know, you actually have an inn right there on the property at Mama's with mm -hmm. beautiful little full units. They're just gorgeous. And you do mm -hmm. wake up to that beautiful view of Kuao Cove. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then you can just hang out all day and roll into Mama's for dinner. It's it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Quite relaxing. Yeah. Quite relaxing. I I encourage everyone to, to have that experience. And I want to congratulate you, Karen, on getting through this and persevering wow. and um, putting your best foot forward and um, and opening November 6th. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Karen. It's exciting. Really exciting that we're finally at this place. It's um, a little nerve wracking with everything else going on. And I'm just keep praying that this all stays on course, you know, uh, I think I think people are trying hard to keep it on course. Um, I know the Maui people, uh, I, I think are, are really good about wearing their masks and following all of the the rules, if you will, of, of being safe. We all mm -hmm. we all want to get back on course and we want to see our restaurants mm -hmm. thrive and our communities thrive and um, you know all of the farmers and fishermen and, and uh, small businesses that you support will will thrive because of your opening. Mm -hmm. We just wish you the best and we will we will be there. Thank you. Hikino, Hikino, we can do this. We can do this. <laughs> <laughs> we can do this. Mahalo, Karen. Mahalo, Diane. Take care.